Hey y'all, welcome to the Blank Project Podcast, where we fill in the blank with whatever you want, whatever you need, wherever you are. No judgment or expectations. I'm your host, Aspen, aka AG, because that makes me feel super cool. And I am so excited for today's guest. Um, there's a quote we all know, a jack of all trades is a master of none. But few people finish the quote, and it goes, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Few people come to mind when I think of this uh, this quote, and one of them is Gavin Dees. He has spent a majority of his life teaching himself and absorbing as much information as he could to get to where he is today. A content creator, comedian on TikTok, and over 500,000 followers on social media. That is crazy for an introvert like me to think about. From videos on millennials trying to get a grip on life, constant adulting, or his weekly twist on praise and worship at church, there's a video that we all can relate to. It's a great pleasure to introduce Gavin to the Blank Project. What's good? What's up, girl? I'm super (laughs) excited to be here, so thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Um, I remember when your TikTok videos um, first started, for lack of a better word, popping off. And um, it was sent to me by a friend and she was just like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely so hilarious. And it got to a point where I was like constantly being sent your videos over and over and over again. And I was just like, yeah, no, this is really funny. Um, But before we get a little bit into how you quite honestly taken over TikTok and Instagram, um, you've worked in spaces that focus on utilizing social media as a marketing opportunity. Um, what made you lean into the social media space and what are the pros and cons that you believe you have with social media? Um, I've, my probably last like six years, I've been doing like social media marketing Mm -hmm. and, but the, my focus has always been helping other people either take their brand or their church or their nonprofit or whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. and help them become successful on social media. Right. And so for me, digital has always been like, that's where people live. So it's like, if you have a business like the front door of your business isn't the front door of your business it's instagram mm-hmm. or it's tiktok so people mm-hmm. are going to be able to connect with you digitally before they ever um connect with you in like real life right and so i think that just i just fell in love with marketing and then it just kind of fit my personality in the sense of like i just found out i was good at it <laughs> and um and i was like things that were complicating certain people and it was like oh I, well my creativity or ideas or solutions like just came natural to me so and then it just took off from there and I think during the pandemic as it pertains to like my own social media um, obviously we got quarantined at home Mm -hmm. and TikTok kind of came to the surface for everybody a lot of people downloaded it people were like not really on it it was still kind of a dancing app or whatever and I remember sitting on my front porch and there was like this funny audio and I saw someone how they used it and I was like let me try that. And and so I did it. And it got like a thousand views by the next day. And I was like, as somebody who had zero followers before that, um, like a thousand views was like, okay. Yeah. I'm somebody. Yes. And this uh, is it. This is it. And I got like five followers. And I was like, okay, if I can get five, I can get 10. Yeah. If I can get 10, I can get 50 and so on and so forth. And I just kept showing up at it. I never, all I had was my iPhone. I didn't mm-hmm. go buy equipment and do all of that. And so I just started just trying different things and creating different things. And um, now we're kind of like here where we're at, but I just kept showing up to it for probably the last like 15, 16 months. 
and it just kind of took off and I just found myself I was like this is what I wanted to do and it kind of reminded me of my dreams of entertainment Mm -hmm. because I thought I was going to go into like this pastoral ministry realm Mm -hmm. and that's what I've been thinking about since I was 10 and I was like that literally shut down because of the pandemic. Even the church we were going to literally closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like, old dreams started coming back up. Right. Dreams of entertainment. I've never thought, like, oh, I couldn't be who I am in this space. Yeah. But now it's, like, shown me I can do that. Right. And I've always been this, like, really, really goofy person who's been through a lot of trauma. And humor was how I coped initially and developed my sense of humor. But now as I've started healing I was like I still have that sense of humor and making people laugh like means everything to me especially in these times that are so like polarizing Mm -hmm. and it is so split in so many ways and it's like there is such intention and purpose of like I want to be able to make you laugh yeah um and not contribute to the craziness out there okay so you started off on just being a a patron if you will of tiktok you were just on tiktok just for fun and in it you were like, oh, let me try this out. And then boom, whatever. Yes. So then um, when did when did it click for you that you were like like a, a TikTok name? Like you were somebody <laughs> that mm. other people would like send your videos to. Um, I think that started probably six months ago, maybe. Um, it didn't definitely didn't start at the beginning. And because I had no like, identity mm-hmm. of like who is Gavin. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of creating trends. I'm just trying to create just what I'm seeing. So I really had no identity when it came to my creation, but I started to really um, formulate like, who is Gavin? Who do I want to be on this app? And one of the first things was this uh, like millennial church service Mm -hmm. idea. And I realized it was starting to be a little bit of identity within this video. Right. And and like people would say, oh, that's that guy that does the church videos. Yeah. So, and I knew I needed that. So when I, when someone's scrolling on the For You page on TikTok, people can start to recognize me to just kind of break through the noise. And I remember hearing a quote, like uh, a high tide rises all boats. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was having really success with this like church video and it started to enhance the brand or the recognition or Gavin um, on all the rest of the videos. Cause probably 80% of my content is not the church videos. Not at all. So it's just a Sunday service every week, but it is literally um, it enhances that. And I'm still being, like recognize, oh, that's that guy. When they see that other piece of content that's not the church, mm-hmm. they're like, that's that guy that does the church videos. Yeah. And so, and I saw that's how a lot of people started out. They started out either doing this like super signature thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they got really, really consistent with that. And they became, that's the CEO of, a lot of people would put that in their bio, CEO of blank, Yeah. Um, whatever they were doing. And then eventually they pivoted and just kind of just started creating as them. But they all, like, they were able to break through so much of the noise by, oh, that's that person that did that thing. So for right. me, it was the church video. That's funny. So you bring up the church video, and I think it's hilarious because, number one, it's the church service. You post once a week, usually on, on, on Sundays. Doing that Sunday service. On that Sunday service, right. And you're using, for people that have never seen one, <laughs> um, it's like you have this like backdrop or whatever. I, I do not have TikTok. I do not understand TikTok. It's very overwhelming for me. But I get TikToks all the time. Um, and I look at your TikToks via Instagram. It's this nice old Baptist 
church pew, red seat background. Mm -hmm. And you have like the pastor, the choir, the director, the members, everybody else. And they're jamming out to what if you were in a black home, they would be like the secular music. Uh, and that's exactly how they would say it. So what kind of inspired the idea for your first video? Um, what inspired me is I remember hearing this, uh, to be honest, I had done this video and it was, uh, the, the ratchet, mm -hmm. I used the word, the ratchet, like church service or something mm -hmm. like that. And it's still on my, my TikTok. So, but I don't remember exactly what I was using, but I got a lot of messages on that one. And it was like the term ratchet. And mm -hmm. so, and it was just very negative like, yep. connotation, but the church, the service did, um, it just did well. And I, I don't remember the audio or what it was, but it was like, what if I combine this with like a church service? And yeah. it was like the choir and I didn't have all the characters, but it was like just taking something so traditional in my head mm -hmm. and combining it with something that you would never see. Right. Like you would never hear this song in this space. Right. And uh, and then just merging them together and people just thought it was hilarious. Right. And so, but the ratchet after just getting lots of DMs and comments and it was like, hey, it's like very derogatory. That is very yeah, like inappropriate to use that. Yeah. Let's change that. And I right. was like, um, and then I was like, what if we just did like millennial, like millennial content, lots mm -hmm. of millennials on the app. And I was like, a millennial church service. Yeah. So uh, combining the nostalgia of what we listen to in 2010s and um like early-ish 2000s and it's like let's combine these and then like the characters started popping up and right I was like what if we did like this and this outfit and and or whatever and it just kind of like came together but ultimately it was like to celebrate the nostalgia mm -hmm. of like millennial like culture and then taking some of the church uh experience that i've had the traditional choir director the mm -hmm. choir or whatever mm -hmm. and just bringing them together and and it kind of just took off. And so I wasn't doing that. Initially, I wasn't doing them. Like, every Sunday, I was doing, like, a lot. Every mm -hmm. week. Then I was like, this, I don't want to, like, burn it. Yeah. I feel like it's a good idea. And I'm like, I don't want to, like, overkill it. So I was like, what if we just did Sunday services? Um, and so I just started posting them on Sundays. And it was like, it just kind of took off. So. Do you believe the nostalgia is the reason why it, it does so well? Because it relates to so many people? Or, like, it... Can you pinpoint what part of the the video is like? This is what's bringing people back. I think initially it's the shock. <laughs> um, it's the shock that like this person is doing something that in my mind, like I get comments all the time, like I don't even know if I'm supposed to laugh at this, but this is hilarious. Um, and so, so I think it's the initial just shock of like traditional. And I just went to Google Images and like inside of a church service, mm -hmm. or inside of a church building, and it was just like these random Google images that I had. And um, so I think it's that. I think it's the millennial culture. And then I think it has um, just something to do with the people. There's, in my opinion, and just through experience, through conversation, there's a lot of people leaving religion. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I've gotten a lot of messages. It's like oddly healing, seeing something that used to be like a segmented part of my life now together. And it's mm -hmm. like, this is oddly healing to yeah. just see this. Um, and so I think in what gets it every time is just the shock value of like hearing Lil John or hearing Tyga or hearing like whatever, um, mixed with such a traditional thing. Yeah. All right. So here's a big question. Look, 
Some would argue that your inspiration for these videos are closely related to the Black church experience. Um, the reason why I think a lot of my peers really like this video is because even to some extent, we're reminded of those times for Youth Sunday when they like took the hand a little bit off the kids and allowed them to sing Kirk Franklin, to dance a little, like do a little jig. And so it's like that, like it really is this strong, like, oh my gosh, I remember when we used to cut up and the church mothers and the ushers were like, oh my gosh, and they're passing out fans and stuff like that because people were just getting overheated. So um, is all of that, that that's my experience while looking through it. So um, is that kind of reminiscent of your experience also? And um, if so, then if so or not, either one, how do you maintain um, your respect for minorities in those digital spaces while also producing the content that obviously has a lot of people coming towards it. Yeah, I think um, for me, I wasn't raised in a black church, mm -hmm. so I don't really have a full blown. I was raised a Southern Baptist, which is the whitest of white. Mm -hmm. So there was like the Baptist church and then white people were like, we don't want to be around black people. So we're going to start this thing called the Southern Baptist yep. church. So um, and which is pretty like fundamentally racist to me and uh, <laughs> I think many would agree <laughs> so for me I also was raised in Memphis and my friends growing up were black yeah and I listened to more hip-hop music mm -hmm. growing up than anything so right. I think the video I chose because I get a lot of comments oh, let's do a pop or like there's other songs like from millennial or like emo mm -hmm. or whatever and I'm like I didn't really listen to those songs <laughs> Um, I wouldn't even know and, where to go to get them. Where, where do you yes. go to get that? And it would be like occasional like songs, but like predominantly I'm listening to hip hop music. And so for me personally, that's what the song choices right. mean to me. Right. Um, and as far as like speaking up for minorities, I think for me, the minority in this situation is the oppressed people. It could be people of color or not, but that are deeply oppressed within a religious mm -hmm. institution mm -hmm. and people who who i think about when i make this video are the people that feel judged by god mm -hmm. or by the church or whatever i think that's who i think about when i am making these videos and obviously it's just to like make people laugh and i think the videos do reach i think my audience as a white person is probably 65 70% people of color, if not more. Yeah. And which is not normal in the sense of my other white creator friends, mm -hmm. deeply white um, and following. And so for me, I think how I want to use my voice for minorities is to, I tell my wife this all the time. It's like, I don't want to be in the, in the position of authority to be like, look at me as a white person to yeah. like, listen to what I say. I just say, I want to be a good pointer. I'm like, Hey, this person is talking about like these issues. Let's celebrate their voice. Yeah. And I remember during like the pandemic, I like black lives matter was this movement that yeah. was birthed obviously back in 2014, but it just was reinvigorated during the pandemic. Right. And, but I started thinking, I was like, I'm hearing a lot of white people hijack this. And it's like saying, whiteness was still at the center of it. So 
I remember thinking, I was like, what if we switched it to, like, obviously Black Lives Matter, but what if we said, like, Black Voices Matter? Hmm. Like, where it's actually the authority coming from a person of color, and specifically Black people. And, and I feel like that's sharing other people's content, sharing their voice, and elevating their voice on my platform. So that's, like, how I try to do that, specifically, to, like, for my Instagram, and it's just that's how I hope to be able to use my platform if there is an issue that's happening or how can I use my platform to not just be like, look at me and what I'm saying, but it's like, if there's calls that need to be made or petitions that need to be signed or money that can be given to this organization at a local level or whatever. And it's like using my platform to like try to do that. And I remember early on, like I, my hope as a white person with just part of this with the church service, but is to connect with black people that truthfully don't like white people. So, and that even deeper than that, don't trust white people. Mm. And I remember hearing Oprah, she said something, she says, representation matters. Mm -hmm. And I've been very insecure being white my whole life and just never felt comfortable in it. And, but when Oprah said that, I was like, that's so true. And I was like, that's true for me. Yeah. And I was like, how I show up as a white person could represent something new. Right. Um, something better, something more wholesome. Um, and it, it doesn't necessarily this... have to be that white person because usually it would be like, he just acting because he know this is where the money is, so on and so forth. Yeah. It 100%. brings light to people who did grow up in Memphis and they are like mm -hmm. it's not they're not new to this they, yes. it, they've been immersed in this and not in a way to um erase anyone but simply because that just happened to be the environment that they were in correct yes and i just being in relationship with people i think on specifically things of race and things like that is like my personal uh philosophy is i don't want to be the center of attention mm -hmm. so which is like why I, it, it's more important for me to like elevate black voices that are right. like because whiteness gets celebrated for saying basic things when black people have been saying things for decades centuries and it's like so a white person can do something bare minimum bottom line and it's like oh my gosh that was so courageous and i'm like okay um but i'm like i don't want to do that i want to just elevate somebody who's talking about it already let's yeah. elevate this person's voice so no matter how big i get or how far the social media thing goes, what I was doing at smaller followers, I still want to be doing at 100,000 followers or at a million followers or whatever. And to be able to use like my voice to celebrate other people's voices. And honestly, I get this comment all the time and TBH, it makes me so happy. And it was like, this white dude is getting a uh, invite to the cookout. And I get this. <laughs> every week multiple times a week all these different people and i'm like that means a lot to me because there are people specifically people of color um that do not trust people that look like me yeah and in this day and age there is it is getting divided even more mm -hmm. uh, very tribal with whites and blacks and and it's like I think representation, like Oprah saying, matters. And it's like, I want to show up differently. I do not want to get comfortable in this white thing. Right. Um, I want to be able to be different than that.
Right. And um, so for me, the music choices have everything to do with how I was raised, just mm-hmm. the music that I actually listen to. Right. Um, and my hope, my my big dream with the church service is to be able to do it with like actual artists and have more people and like do a full blown um, like thing where there's someone else playing the church mother. Right. Or it's like other creators and it's like working with other like people of color who are yeah. creating on TikTok and things. And it's like, and then the big, big dream is to have these nights, um, these like millennial nights where we like travel and celebrate millennial culture and have this like connection point or where people can be in the choir in that night. And it's like this, this like traveling fun event um, that is wholesome, that it's also doing something socially that matters. So that's the big, big dream with this like thing. And I get it all the time. Like, Dude, you should literally do this. Like let's, have a real choir and let's have these things. And this is where you can incorporate like um, diversity. Mm-hmm. You can like incorporate like people of color too. Yeah, plug in with your local communities. Do they have community choirs? Bring in the community choirs. What are they advocating yes. for? An opportunity to do all of those other things and 100%. just kind of slide in that way. Yes, 100%. So there are a couple of um, characters in your TikToks, your, your series, I don't even know what you would call them because TikToks aren't shows, but there are TikToks that you have that happen more often. Series. Series. That It is a series? It is a okay, series. Okay, there we go. It's a short Boom. series. Boom. Okay, in the series. Um, out of all of your characters, which one is your favorite and why? Ooh. Um, man, that's a great question. Uh, I think it depends on the songs because some characters do different things. True. Um, but I love, I've had to pick a favorite one. I would say it's probably like the church mother because I get to dress up <laughs> differently. Uh, like I'm wearing like what I, it's some long coat that my wife has and I wear this big hat or whatever. And it's like, I would not wear that. So it's just like extremely fun to me to be able to like dress up in that way and just play something that's so just seemingly shocking goes back to that we were talking about. It's mm-hmm. like, so just shocking. And then she's always like this character that I hope portrays that like somebody who's like in church now, but then she's like, Oh man, I used to like listen back to like, in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> and I was like, yes. So I, hopefully that this church mother is like just reminiscing like of her old days when she used to dance or whatever, mm-hmm. but I definitely love playing her. And then I also love like playing the God figure uh-huh. because it's like, I just put this like blanket around me and like shades and he's like um is saying these like lyrics or whatever so it's just like funny you'd never see god seeing anything or rack city or yeah some song choice that i'm making so it's like really really funny to like play that that's funny where's your inspiration for the church mother from uh the inspiration for the church mother is my spiritual mama who's passed away she passed away due to covid but um her name is janice hopkins and so she was just like, she would always tell you, she was like, baby, I used to cuss all the time. I used to, like, you would not have recognized me. But she was just like this mother who, um, she was just this mother who was just so honest. She's the most spiritual, prayerful, like, person I've ever met. And she was genuinely, I have a, a pretty broken relationship with my actual family. So she kind of just for probably five years of my life became like this motherly figure. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's based off of her Um, and just like the stories that she would tell me. And I think of her every time I make it, which is probably also why 
it's my favorite as well. So oh, that's nice. Yeah. A little bit of reality in the theory. Yes. And creative. Okay. All right. If there's one TikTok video you could introduce yourself with to a stranger or an alien, you know, in high school when they say, "If an alien came down, <laughs> what would?" So, what's the video that you're going to use? to interview is it going to be the church video is it going to be something else i think right now it'll probably be the church video yeah um i did have one which is my most viral video it was during the the sometimes i like political tiktoks Mm -hmm. if it fits and um but i think i made this one when during the election nevada we were waiting um on the six electoral votes Uh uh-huh so i had made the song using the song promiscuous and all this different stuff and it was like the democrats like wanting like uh like we want you and all this different stuff and i end up getting featured in pop sugar yeah it's like a pop culture magazine and for like the top 10 most uh funny and viewed political tiktoks during Mm -hmm. the election so that was really really like fulfilling and cool and um so i would say that one but i would see even more than all of that is like right now in the church services and is how i'll probably introduce myself (laughs) Um, what boundaries uh, do you have set with social media? Like your social media life, your personal life, two completely different things, right? So how do you set those boundaries to make sure that those relationships don't bleed into one another? Um, I think in my personal life, I don't, I think early on when I started growing followers, I appreciated that. Like, oh, like, oh my gosh, you're like on TikTok, you have like all these mm-hmm. like followers and stuff. That phased out, like that got really old really quick and I was like, oh, I don't really um like i don't want to be like any fanning or whatever it is like i don't want that and so i think for me it's like just hey can we just like be normal like because people started not people would say i changed but it was like everybody changed in how they related to me yeah and or how they perceived me or whatever and i was like that made me feel extremely lonely so i think for me it's just finding people that are just like don't even really care about it like my wife she does care about it um because it's like something that i've discovered that i love but beyond that it's like just i just normal so i think that's a boundary it's just like um let's just not talk about it and then i even think a different one is like routinely um probably about three weeks ago previously i had been off of social media for 32 straight days mm-hmm. um of just like detoxing yeah from it and i had not stopped since i had started and I hadn't just got to this place where it's like, I feel like I just need to keep going. Social media is just so, it could literally like take all of your energy and time and yeah. just suck the life out of you. So for me, it was, I just need to stop. Yeah. And so for me, that was a boundary. Um, and I'm wanting to get to a place where one day a week is just I'm not on my phone. So, but we just don't really talk about it at home. I think that's a big boundary with like my wife and I and things like that so and just if i go out with friends and it's like hey like appreciate it but like, can we just like not talk about it um or whatever and so just because i want it to be like low-key and i feel like i just want it to be low-key even though i have five hundred thousand. okay okay yes um <laughs> and just to like stay grounded and i come from a small town and it's just like i yeah i just wanted to just be chill and like i want to still have friends and i've lost a ton of friends not because of like anything that's happened but it's just people just i just have stopped relating to me like how they used to and it was mm-hmm. like before i had zero followers and it was like and i was always doing 
whatever. And it was just immediately when this happened, it was like, oh, everything's different. So, so I just want people in my life uh, that just are just kind of chill and just like boundaries and like, let's just not talk about that. Um, I like talking about ideas if we're just bouncing ideas off of each other. It's like, let's talk about creative things in that way. But just for the sheer fact of like followers or views or it's all you hear or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I'm good on all that. Okay. You talked about taking this break. Is there something that stood out to you that you learned during these 32 days? Uh, yes. Um, that I love it. That I love what I do. I took that break to really discover that whole quote, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm-hmm. So when I was away from it, the desire for it increased. And interesting. And so for me, that was a sign because I'm like in a career fork of like, do I want to be a full-time creator? Do I want to do this full-time? How do I support my family? Views don't provide insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm like, how am I going to do this? And it's like, I need a break to think. Um, and the more I was away from it, just like any loving relationship, like you miss this person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I miss it because I'm like, I love it. So for me, that's what it taught me more than anything that I actually do love this and I am supposed to be doing this. So, but it's like that old quote, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Okay. Aw. <sighs> okay. I, I'm trying to form how to think about this. Because I had a question and it was right there on the tip of my tongue and then I forgot it because whatever. I don't know. Is there anything else you would like to add? Like if there is there any conversation you would like to have? Um, I think for me, um, one thing that I hope I do is inspire people to live out their dream and stop waiting on permission from people that they love to affirm the thing that you know you're supposed to be doing. So for me, I hope that a person, if one person is listening and has, whether a podcast, a business, a relationship, a new job, whatever it is, is to like, do it, try it. And, yeah. and to not, and I've heard, don't wait on permission, but I realized I was waiting on permission from somebody that I loved, which was my wife. Yeah. So I needed her to say, yay, this is amazing. It's a brilliant idea, Gavin. Now go do it. That never came. Mm-hmm. So, and I was waiting on something that's never going to come. And, and it's like, it has to come from within. So for me, I hope that whatever it is. So for me, it's content, it's big dreams, it's acting. Yeah. Um, is I'll never know unless I try. And so for me, I hope that somebody hears this and it's like, hey, I want to do this. Like, I'm tired of convincing myself that I want something that I don't. And I'm no longer going to wait on permission. And I'm just going to go do the thing, whatever that is. That's the question. Okay. So when, okay, you're giving yourself permission, right? To do this thing. Okay. What does that look like practically? Like, so if somebody's like, okay, well, I want to give my myself permission too. Okay. So what is the first thing? Like, how do you, <clears throat> is it a mental thing? Is it physically having to be in a different place? What does that look like? I think action produced the motivation to keep going. So action... Like motivation sometimes comes and then you act, but most of the times you act and then motivation will catch up. But if you don't really know what it is, you're like, I just have this hunch that it's like supposed to be different than it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I don't like my job. I don't like this situation that I'm in. I would say I've tried so many different things. Um, And so you, you just try and then people, I've seen this and I've seen this in my own life. It's like, I start something 
And then people see me in three months and I'm not doing that thing. Mm -hmm. Or, and then I try it again and I try it again. And it's like, try different things until you find the right thing. So practically TikTok, I had no idea um, anything. I did not create for followers. I did not create for views. I created because deep, deep down, I was like, this is the funniest app I've ever been on. And I'm like, I believe that I can be funny. I believe that I'm funny. And I was like, let's try to make people laugh. And the first time I did that, I was like, let's try it again and then mm-hmm. try it again. And then 16 months later, I've done almost 600 videos and fine tuned a craft. I've gotten a manager. I am part of a talent agency now. I'm working with brands. And it's like, but I was not thinking about any of that before. And it's like, I am moving in the right direction. And I still have no idea what I'm doing. So I just keep doing what the thing that got me started. I think about the first video, the first thousand views, the same thing that got me a thousand is the same thing that's going to sustain me right now is just keep creating, keep showing up. And, and if it's not the right thing, don't be afraid to pivot or move in another direction. Like, Hey, I tried it. And the lesson that I got is that I actually don't like this. I like, I think I love the idea of it, mm-hmm. but then when I like practically went out at it, I'm like, I don't like this. So it's just mm-hmm. like when you step out in something, you'll find out whether you love it or not. And it's like, for me, I love the work of it. Yeah. I don't just love the final product. I don't just love the idea of it. I like editing. I like shooting. I like writing scripts. I like being in the creative process. And it's like, that makes me come alive. So it's like, for me, I like the process of what I'm doing. And I think it's a good indicator if you like the process of the thing the weeds the dirt of it that's probably something that like i think you should totally do uh so in the past when you were doing things right you had the three months where you were going off and going on is it because you were just infatuated with that thing and you didn't enjoy it or that you hadn't really been confident enough to be consistent in that thing to really be successful in it yeah i think probably both i think it definitely um i'm very insecure mm-hmm. um i've dealt with a Samesies. lot of <laughs> i think for me um i've self-sabotaged myself in a lot of ways and the only one that has ever talked me out of my dreams to be completely honest was myself and i think for the things that i tried i think part of it was the lack of confidence but i'm glad i didn't have confidence in a way because like what if you have confidence like, but it's the wrong thing. I think for me, I don't want to succeed. I think I know I can be successful at anything, but I don't want to be, I want to be successful at the right thing. I want to do what I feel like I'm supposed to do here. Mm-hmm. And I do have a belief that we have a certain path, direction, inclination of like how we are wired on this earth. And for me, it's like, I want to do the right thing. Right. Um, what I'm supposed to do and just walking down that path. So, but you'll never know until you, until you try and until you put yourself out there and get enough feedback to either hear, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Or get the feedback like, actually, this isn't. And it's totally normal to pivot. Right. Um, like, we don't live in our grandpa's era when they worked for 40 years at the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. you can pivot within months. Um, you can pivot within a year. You can, like... I don't know. I mean, so I think it's just you'll never know until you try things. Um, but don't be afraid to look crazy. And like I've tried a hundred different things. I've had all types of jobs, and it's like, but I think I have found something that I really, really love. But through all those attempts, I developed 
an ability to try. Mm. And that I see that translating into my content, trying new ideas, trying yeah. new things. Because the bigger I get, the harder it gets to try new things. Or whatever, because you're, like, you're like, I know if I do this, it's consistently going to produce what I want. Why would I try anything new? Yes. Um, so, but, but some people, and that voice in your head, I've learned through therapy, lots of therapy, lots of therapy, um, <laughs> uh, that the voice in your head that's keeping you from stepping out genuinely is there to support you. It thinks that it's keeping you safe. Mm. And when you can nurture that voice and it's like, rather than like, no, 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 don't have the sauce, don't have the sauce. You, you just be confident, you be confident. You right. Be confident. And I'm like, no, that voice is speaking to you, not to hurt you and to stop you from your dreams, but it's like, it knows that we're good here. And if I step out here, I'm vulnerable. Yeah. So it's actually there to keep you safe. And when you can like view that voice of anxiety or depression or whatever in your head, it's like nurture it um therapy saw me reparent that voice and it's like hey i really really appreciate it we're doing this together and i move into that and i move into that and it's like now that voice is not as loud and it's like hey i feel safe here now yeah or whatever but it still has like it rears its head on new things like hey like what got us here it's gonna get us there and it's gonna get us there and it's like like that voice in my head is becoming more and more comfortable with uncertainty um but it came through not just like forcing that thing to do it right it came through nurturing it and reparenting it and realizing that that voice is not an enemy, it's a friend and it's a voice that can be nurtured. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense, but yes. That make, that was very beautifully put, very eloquent. Awesome. Felt like silk on my ears. Awesome, awesome, <laughs> yes, I love it. So the podcast is called The Blank Project, right? Because it's an opportunity to fill in this blank space with whatever you need or want, wherever you are in life. So it's the year 2022. You have this blank space. What are you filling it with? I'm filling it with um, creating the life that I want. And I think I have spent so much time creating the life that I thought other people wanted for me. And so for me, I, I think the most important question in life is to answer the question, what do you want? That is the scariest question and that is one of the hardest questions to answer. Yeah. And it's like, because you get, it's not like something that you can be able to answer just quickly. And it's like getting in that space of really thinking like, what do I want? And I want to live my life doing what I want, which ends up, I want to help people. So it's like these things, whether it's a career or success in this area is going to end up also helping other people. And it's like, I'm not like, that's what I want to fill this blank space with this next season is like doing things that I want the best that I can. And um, spending time with people that I love, um, being exposed to new creators and growing as a creative and growing in my editing skills, keep growing in the craft. And it's like, because what got me from zero to almost 600,000 followers is not going to get me to 1.2 million. So it's yeah. like, and what I love about social media is that it, for, it changes so much. So it forces you to evolve. Yeah, it does. And keep showing your toes, which I really, really like. Um, and which goes back to that process part. I mm -hmm. love that part. Sometimes people that would overwhelm a lot of people that gets me excited. Yeah. So, um, so for me, it's just filling the blank space with doing things that I want and not like not settling for what all these people in my life have wanted for me. And there is a temptation. We live in a culture right now that wants to tell you what you want. Mm. And I ask my, I tell my wife this all the time. I'm like, 
I don't even know why I want that. Where did that come from? Like, where did that want come from? Do I want that because they wanted it? Do I want that because everybody wants it around me? Do I want that because the news said that? Yeah. Like, why do I want that? And and then answer that question. If you don't want that, like, don't want that, but, like, find what you want. And so it's, like, it's just... Um, I was raised very religious that it's always about serving and generosity and loving other people, which is amazing, but it's literally, you cannot give out of an empty place Mm. and you have to be able to be fulfilled to even fulfill anybody else. And so getting, I told my therapist for the first time, like three or four weeks ago, I was like, I actually have something called like overflow. I have an overflow. I can give. Yeah. And And the sign that you are in the overflow is that you don't need anything from that person that you give to. You don't need anything back. You're not expecting any reciprocity. You're not thinking about anything that they can give to you. Um, and it's like, because you don't need it. Yeah. And But before, I was giving, and I was like, ah, low-key, I hope they give something back. You know, I hope like, it's a I, little bit of... Blah, 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 blah. Yes. <laughs> and I, don't, I haven't trusted people very well and all that stuff, but it's literally like now, it's like, I don't need anything back. I can give to people. I can give my time. Yeah. Because this is who I want to be. And um, I can give my energy to this issue because I want to do that. And But it's literally all boils down to like my wants. Because the want and desire religiously has a very negative connotation because yep. it's like we're just left to our desires or wants. We're just going to want the wrong thing. Yeah. Which means like I don't believe fundamentally that we're broken. I believe that we're fundamentally good as human beings. And it's like when you tap into that God part of all of us, it's like you start to tap into amazing wants and amazing desires. Um, So I think for me, I want to fill the blank space with doing and living things that I want. That, okay. So I believe everybody should fill their blank space with their own things. But also I would like to also fill my blank space with that also because uh yes like especially um as i you know preparing to go into this year my main concern like my main thought was and i really don't believe in like words of the like Mm. a word for the year my friend does though and so i i like for so many years she'd be like this is my word this is my word and i'd be like okay girl like nobody's out like this really doesn't know but in 2021 um in the first quarter of the year it was a re- it was a resounding safety and reciprocity mm-hmm. and the rest of the year literally mirrored that mm-hmm. and like ushered me into a space where i was doing i was creating that for myself mm-hmm. whether i necessarily wanted it or not mm-hmm. 2022 is like adventure, mm. especially as an introvert who would much rather be at home in her newly designed room mm. reading a book. Yeah. But also, like, I know that I'm called for something else and mm. I also have all these other desires. So being adventurous and it doesn't have to be like going out of town all the time, but it does mean for me going to a place I'm not familiar with mm. or trying new foods or like introducing myself to someone and striking a conversation up with them and doing that because that's adventurous to me. Mm. And I, that's what I, if I were to ask myself, what do I want? That's what I want. Like, mm. I want to be able to be true to myself, but I also like 
want to be able to live a full life. Yes. Because, I mean, I, I'm young, I'm smart, and I'm cute. I deserve these things. Yes. 100%. I deserve these things. Yes. Um, so you're feeling in this, place, in this space, right? And it's kind of like more so of an internal question. But if there is anything that we could do, like the Blank Podcast um, community, um, what are ways that we could support you? Or what are some practical, if somebody is hearing what you filled your blank space with, um, how do you go about doing that or helping someone else do that? I, yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think uh, for me, I will quote Tyler Perry, who is my biggest inspiration in life. Um, he, he says his phrase, he says, get to worthy, get to worthy. Hmm. And getting to this place that you are worthy of your wants and you're worthy of your desires. You're worthy of your dreams. You're worthy of those things. And so for me, I've battled with like unworthiness that I'm not worthy of it. Hmm. Um, and I think it's really, really important to look yourself in the mirror and that to remind yourself that you are worthy um, for no other reason than existing. And so I do this thing in the mirror um, and it's this thing called the high five challenge by uh, Mel Robbins is her name. Um, but where you high five yourself in the mirror and it sounds goofy. Like you're laughing. I've laughed. It was so awkward at the beginning, but it's, there's so much science and research to it that like in studies like the high five and things like that of like what it does psychologically saying, mm-hmm. saying nothing, but just doing a high five is just like every single instance in the entire existence of humans the high five is nothing but positive. Yeah. Um, there's never been like, like, I hate you, like, or <laughs> the high five. And it's like, it's always positive. So like high fiving yourself in the mirror. But like, before I do that, you look into the dark parts of your eyes and realize that is who you are. And there is a part of you. And it's almost like there becomes like two of you in the mirror, you become aware that you're looking back at you. And it is this, um, you are worthy. And like when you can live from that place and then you, and then I end it with like this high five, you literally touch the mirror and I have a towel right there that I like wipe off the smudges. Just and the so your and wife isn't like, yes. look at this fingerprint. All these handprints. <laughs> Why do you have all these handprints on the, on the mirror? Um, but, um, but it's just a ritual every morning and it's like getting to worthy um, where you, I am worthy, not because of anything that I did. I'm worthy for my existence. And it's like getting to worthy and it's like you don't jump from like unworthiness to like I'm worthy of like a like a new house and doing it. The people, it's a progression, but it's like this starting from unworthy because I exist, and then you'll start to like um, be able to develop these like wants and desires, and it's like being able to want material things, want good relationships, and want opportunities, want a great career. And it's like for me, like getting to worthy. And Tyler Perry talks all the time about. That. That he didn't become successful until he thought he was worthy of it. Hmm. And it's like you think about Tyler Perry of like, imagine if somebody got a hold of his gift or his creativity and used it in the wrong way. Yeah. We wouldn't know Tyler Perry. And so, and it's because he said within himself, like, I'm gonna get to worthy that he's doing what he's doing and he's walked his path, not bending or bowing to anybody else's wants for his life. And, but it was like, this is what I want. I'm going to go do that because I'm worthy. 
And and I'm like, and my brain, like, had been so conditioned up to that point of hearing that, I'm like, it immediately starts thinking everything why I'm not worthy. Yes, immediately. Immediately. Even when you said that, I was like, mm, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Exactly. So that voice in your head goes back to it's trying to keep you safe. Yeah. It thinks worthiness is unsafe. So it equates being worthy with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It, it, it like people attacking you or whatever, because you're going to put yourself out there walking into a life that you're worthy of is going to have you leaving the herd because every most people think they're unworthy. So it's like when you leave the herd of unworthiness, you're going to start to step out in open spaces. You're going to be vulnerable. People are going to be you're going to be more open to judgment. People are going to have to now interpret your life. You're going to be like perceived. <laughs> um, and it's like, which is terrifying. Um, but it's like, but, you know, deep down, like, hey, I'm worthy. Yeah, and you keep walking on it, and it's like I'm worthy. And I have these new opportunities coming into my life right now that are like it's running into that voice. It's like, okay, you're worthy of this, and it's like, but it's bigger and moving forward. And it's like you're worthy of that as well. Mm-hmm. And I've started like this. My manager that I have, like, she has reminded me, like, you are talented. Yeah, we are only hiring you because you are extremely talented. <laughs> and. Um, and so we we're bringing you on and it was like, it's opening my mind and I've been getting just affirmations externally of my worthiness, yeah. that you're worthy of this. And so I think that is what I would say to people, which is to literally get to worthy. And, um, and that's quoting Tyler Perry, but he just says this all the time. I've listened to so many interviews, whether it's interviews with TBN or Essence, it is literally get to worthy. And um, because once you believe deep down in your heart that you're worthy of anything and everything, like magic can start happening i think so dang that's good i think the only way to end this is um a high five and a quick you're worthy you're You're worthy worthy. (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for speaking with me um today if anybody is interested they had never seen a tiktok don't even know you on instagram go ahead and plug yourself get your followers up on (laughs) at the gavin b's on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. So, um, yeah, follow me on TikTok. We love consistency. Consistency. You will see me there creating content and um, hopefully making people laugh. And I always love like, connecting with people and things like that. So feel free to shoot me a DM. All right. He's married, though, so relax. Don't slide in it that way. <laughs> <laughs>